0: And uh, reading from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live to it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism. Into death, In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died... Words to us this morning, living and active. May our hearts and minds be open and attentive to hear your voice, If we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So as I say, um, the last uh, few weeks we've been studying this letter to the Romans, a uh, letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, small communities of Christians meeting together in the city of Rome, meeting in secret Um, A mixture of uh, Jews who'd come to faith in Jesus and Gentiles who'd come to faith in Jesus. A mixture of rich people who were free and slaves. It's a whole mixture of people. And uh, they've been studying this letter that Paul has written to them. And over the last few weeks we've been looking at the problem that we face as human beings. That uh, Paul sums up in chapter 3 verse 23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's our That's our problem as human beings, that we've fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why our world is in the mess that it's in. Because we no longer reflect the image of God in which we were created. But in his great love, God has sent a rescuer. That's what we're preparing to celebrate at Christmas. God knew we needed saving and in his love, he came to save us. So the last few weeks, we've faced up to the reality of the problem that we face, that without a rescuer, we are in serious trouble and we are lost. The good news is we have a rescuer who not only comes to tell us good news, but who came to be the good news, who came to die on a cross, to die in our place. And last Sunday, we were thinking about the fact that our uh, eternal life, our salvation is made possible, not because we... Work hard for it and earn it, but because Jesus on the cross did everything that was needed. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. There's no more that needs to be done, no more sacrifices that need to be paid. He has done enough, and simply by putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, we can live for eternity. It's the most extraordinary... Well, oh, amen, yes, yes, we're trying to... Um, we're trying, to, we're trying to become more Pentecostal. And, um, I was talking to Julio, this having lunch with Julio on, on Thursday, and um, I said after his visit to the last Late Late Breakfast, I'm trying to encourage us to have a few more Amen and Hallelujahs uh, when, we, when we get to a point where there's some really good news. So by faith in Christ, we can live for eternity. Yes, thank you very much. We getting, this is getting good. So, um, that's but there's always some smart Alec, isn't there? There's always some smart Alec, and Paul recognizes that there's going to be some smart Alec who thinks, okay, so if Jesus died for my sins on the cross and there's nothing more that I need to do, why don't I just keep sinning? Because if Jesus did everything that's necessary on the cross, if I didn't, I can just keep on sinning. And that's actually a good thing because the more I sin, the more God's grace will expand. And that's what he's addressing at the beginning of chapter six. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? I was thinking about this. Um, Lots of people, for good and bad reasons, get themselves into debt on credit cards and the like. And particularly, sadly, at this time of year, people pay for their, pay for their Christmas on the never-never. And then in January, the bills land. And suddenly there's this huge problem. Well, how am I going to get out of this debt? Well, imagine you, you come across a, uh, you know, a wonderful billionaire benefactor who says to you, well Well, don't worry. At the end of the month, I'll pay the bill for you. I'll pay the bill for you. That well, wonderful, isn't it? And then you think, oh, great. Now I don't have to worry about being in debt. I can spend, 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 because uh, the bill's going to be paid at the end of the month. Well, no, if someone helped you out of debt, really what you want to do is stay out of debt and not get back into debt. Uh, and, and Paul is saying, look, don't be daft. You know, Jesus died to get you out of debt don't keep putting yourself back in it by doing the things that you know to be wrong. He says, We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Jesus died to rescue us from a way of life that was not good for us, a way of life that spoils. It spoils us, it spoils those around us. Uh, when, I was at, uh, when I was at school, my, my school career until I came to faith in Christ uh, didn't shine with glory. Um, uh, it uh, didn't shine with much, to be honest. Uh, But I was just, I was very good at getting away with things. But it was a very, it was just a very selfish existence. And I did so many things that spoiled the lives of those around me and spoiled my own life. And, uh, you know, why would you want to keep living in that kind of life? Verse three, don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Jesus died in order that we might live a new life. I love it when we have baptisms here at the chapel because we get the big, we get the big tank in and it's, and, it's, and it's enormous. And we do this full immersion baptism thing where the candidates are fully immersed under the water. And the symbolism is of dying to a life lived without God and rising to a new life to be lived with God. Sometimes people sort of make the mistake of thinking, well, well, faith in Jesus is just a ticket to heaven. It's just you get your golden ticket and it's a ticket. No, it's, it's about a whole new way of living life. Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Three things. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus says he is the way. He is the only way. Jesus is the only name under heaven by which we may be saved. It's only through faith in Jesus that the way to eternal life is opened up. He is the way. He is the truth. Everything that Jesus is and said is true. Jesus is unchanging. He's the rock of truth on which we may build our lives. But he's also the life. The life that Jesus lived is the life that he wants to free us to live. So it's about living a whole new way of life. Paul, in his um, second letter to the church in Corinth, wrote something too many tags. He wrote, uh, I've memorised this when I first came to Christ, so I don't even know why I need the tag anyway. Uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. When I came to faith in Christ on the 23rd of January, 1982, and recognised that I had sinned and I needed forgiveness, and I recognised that Jesus had died for my sins on the cross and that he wanted me to live a whole new life, and I prayed a prayer saying, Jesus, I'm sorry for." the things that I've got wrong, would you forgive me? Would you come into my life and help me to live a new kind of life? The reason that I knew something had changed was because from that moment on, I had control over whether or not I swore. And up until that point in my life, uh, I swore a lot. My language was awful, especially at boarding school when there were no adults around, the language was just blue. Everybody swore and I was, you know, I swore. And I was uncomfortable with that because I knew if my mum ever... Ever caught me swearing, she would, she would have gone ballistic. I remember I did swear once about, um, I do use the B word on one occasion, and there was horror. Yeah. It was like horror in the house that this word had come from my lips. I remember my, my sister was like, oh, He swore. I'm like, If only you knew. So, um, and I could, the words were out before I could think not to say them, and it kind of frustrated me. And then when I came to, to faith in Christ, I suddenly realized. I don't, I'm not using those words anymore. And it wasn't that the words weren't there, and it wasn't that I haven't used them since. But, as we'll learn in a few minutes, the difference that Jesus makes is now we're not slaves to sin. We contrive over sin and control it. And I, I knew that something had changed. Jesus, in John's Gospel, John chapter 10, he says, there is, a, there is a liar, there is a thief, his name is the devil, Satan, who steals, kills and destroys. And that's why our world is in the mess that it's in. And so often our lives are in the mess that they are in because Satan steals, kills and destroys from us. And Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And sometimes I say, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want life in all its fullness? You know, we, we look at our lives now. I look at my life now and I'm very contented with my life. And I love so many things about my life. But I do look at my life and think, oh, be, I'd, love, I'd love more. Well, that's what Jesus offers. He offers us more of life, not of death. You think, well, who doesn't want that? I want more of life. And that's what Jesus comes to bring. And he says, uh, verse five, Paul says, if we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer Be slaves to sin. Uh, uh, Jesus um, says in John chapter 8, verse 34, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, if you're a slave, you don't have any choice over what you do. If If you're a slave, you are told what you have to do and you do it. And Jesus says, if you're a slave to sin and Spoiler alert, we are all sinners, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So before we know Christ, we are all slaves to sin. That means we don't have control over how we live our lives. We think we do, we like to think we do, but we we don't. Uh, uh, my, My family history is blighted by people who were caught up in patterns of behaviour that they could not control and that were incredibly destructive and we just passed on from generation to generation because they much as they looked at them and thought, Well this isn't good, they were slaves to sin. That's you know, we look in our if we're honest and we look in our own lives, we all have things that we that we do and we think, Oh, why did I do that? I wish I didn't do that and then we do it again. Well why do we do it again if we know it's not a good thing to do? It's because we're a slave. We're a slave to it. We're slaves to those patterns of behaviour. We think, have you ever had those thoughts? I wish I I could change. I wish I didn't keep losing my temper. Uh, I wish whatever it is. We all have those things. And if we we could just say, well, I'm not going to do it again. That would be easy, wouldn't it? But we, we don't have that control because we are slaves to it. Well, good news, Jesus has freed us from sin. And if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. And when we are baptised, that's what happens to us. The old life is killed, is dead, is buried. And we are enabled to live the new life. So verse 11. For sin shall not be your master, because you're under law, not under law, but under grace. So do you see the difference that Jesus has made before we were slaves to sin? But now Paul says sin shall not be your master. So it doesn't mean that we can't sin. We can. The difference is we don't have to that 's the change uh, I was thinking um, some i 'm not going to share the whole thing, but some of you know my uh, a bit of my story from when Sarah left um, eight and a half years ago, and just the the crisis that plunged us into as a family, and just the the pain of the pain of that and uh, and I, I, I picked up some just some bad coping mechanisms during that season and some some bad habits that uh, became, in the, in the moment, they were things that brought relief from the pain that I was in. But like all of these things, they only have a temporary effect. And the problem with things like that is they, uh, the longer they go on, the, m- the more you have to do in order to get the same effect because you start to become immune to them. They, they were bad habits and they became repetitive and then they started to become uh, a bit addictive. And I could see the path where they were, they were going. And when you're in that kind of pain as I was, they seem very attractive because they bring immediate relief to the incredible pain that you're in. And um, But I realised right from the start, uh, I just thought, actually, I'm not a slave to these patterns of behaviour. I don't have to... Uh, kind of indulge in them and so right from the start I made a choice I thought well, actually I'm not going to be my testimony is not going to be that I spiraled down into this dark hole in this place of of despair and hopelessness because I knew I knew that Jesus was the rock on which I needed to stand and I knew that Jesus was the only one who would get me through and so uh, during that probably for a probably for a couple of years um, after Sarah left, I was on this journey of fixing my eyes on Jesus and fixing my eyes on the difference that Jesus had made and fixing my eyes on on the cross. So when I fell flat on my face, which I did very regularly, and when I was just filled with guilt and shame and self-loathing, I didn't fix my eyes on that. Because I thought, no, that life is dead. That life was buried. Uh, That's just a shadow. I'm going to fix my eyes eyes on the one who is alive. I'm going to fix my eyes on the new life that Jesus has given me. And the, the only reason I kind of got through that season, the only reason I'm still here, standing here this morning, is because of Jesus and because of the difference that he made and because of the new life that I found in him. And because I'm not a slave to sin. Sin is not my master. Jesus is my master. And, oh yes, should we have an Amen. hallelujah? Thank you, yes. Amen, So this is, this is the good news. I was, last time we were thinking about how, you know, through Christ we are united with God. Remember that, those lovely words from, from John where Jesus says uh, after the resurrection you will, rem- you will understand that that I am in the Father, and I am in you, and you are in me. It's, just, it's an extraordinary thing where Jesus says, because of what I'm going to do for you on the cross, you will be in union with God. Now, that means our lives can be very different. Just uh, think about this. Is there someone that you are struggling to love? Is there someone who really annoys you, and really winds you up, and you're struggling to love, and you're trying really hard to think, God. Oh, Man, I know I should love you, but I'm really wrestling with it. Well, think, can God love that person? Can God love that person? Yes. Well, if in Christ I am united with God, I can love that person. See, it makes a whole different way of... Is there someone you're struggling to forgive? Someone who's wronged you or hurt you, and every time you think of them, you're like... Probably. We think, can God forgive that person? Yeah, God can forgive anyone. He's forgiven me, he's forgiven you, he can forgive all of us. Okay, well, if God can forgive you, if I'm, through Christ, united with God, well, I can forgive them. It's possible. Are you filled with, you know, fear and anxiety? As so many of us are, all the time. Does God worry about anything? Is God anxious for anything? No. Well, if I'm united with God, then then I can get to a place where actually I don't need to worry and be anxious because I know he loves me, he he cares for me, he has enough. I don't need to worry about not having enough because I'm united with it. Do you see the difference that Jesus makes? This is the life that Jesus is talking about when he says, I've come that you may have life to the full. And how do we share in that life? Well, through faith. It just, it seems too easy. It seems too simple. That to have this life, all we have to do is recognise that we've sinned, recognise that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sin, and then invite him into our lives. It's too easy. It can't be. It must be harder than that, surely. Well, it isn't. It's that simple, which is why it's, I think that deserves an amen and a hallelujah, to be honest, just, just saying. It's, it is the best, best news. It's the best news. And, um, and we're a family that have, you know, have discovered and are discovering what that, what that looks like. So it's, it's life and it's hope and it's what we need. It's what we need. It's what I need. It's what you need. And... Um, it is, it's just glorious. It's absolutely glorious. And Jesus on the cross said, I've done it. It's finished. So as we, in the season of Advent, as we, as we celebrate God coming to us because he loved us, and as we look forward to his return when creation will be renewed and everything will be put back as it was originally intended to be, let's Let's celebrate and let's rejoice and let this life shine out of us. So let's, um, let's pray for a moment and then we're going to close with a final, a final hymn. Father, thank you so much for, for Jesus and the amazing difference that he makes. It is so simple. It seems too easy. It offends us. Because we want to feel like we've deser- we deserve grace. We want to feel like we've earned eternal life. And it's quite humiliating for us to realise that we can't. That all we can do is come to you, Jesus, and say, sorry we messed up. Please forgive us. And fill us with your life that we might live for you. Die to a life of selfishness and live to a divine life of selflessness. And Father, I pray even in these moments, if any of us here this morning just want to do that in these moments and say, Jesus, I know I've sinned. Jesus, would you please forgive me? I know you died on the cross in order to save me. And Jesus, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you from now on? Amen. 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 Thank you. Let's stand and close with a final hymn together. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound.